This is episode number 329 with Carrie Ann Moss. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. From now until March 19th, Whole Foods Market is running their sales event, Taste the Mediterranean. It's a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano-Regano, Charcuterie, and Ground Lamb. Find sales on animal welfare-certified meat. Save on seafood like Whole Bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles and whole wheat pita pockets. Wines from the sun-soaked vineyard of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors french vanilla sweet and creamy and caramel macchiato so you can switch things up depending on your mood look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista international delight cold foam creamer it's foaming delicious maya angelou said you alone are enough you have nothing to prove to anybody I've been connecting with so many more people lately out in the world, and I've met so many of you who listen to the podcast, and it just fills me up. It uh, brings so much joy to me to hear your stories and hear how you've overcome so many challenges to get to where you are today. And I just want to let you know that you are 100% enough. Wherever you're at in your life right now, whether you're struggling to make money and make ends meet, whether you're going through a challenging relationship or a breakup, whether you're opening up about something that you've never told anyone and it's terrifying you, I just want to let you know that you are fully enough with where you're at, 
where you're heading, you are 100% totally worth it and enough to have everything you want and everything you desire. We've got an incredible interview today, and it's with Carrie Ann Moss, someone that I recently got connected to through a buddy of mine, Eric Handler. And as I started researching more about Carrie Ann and learning about her, I became more inspired by her than just what her characters are on TV and in the movies. Now, most of you might know who Carrie Ann is as the character Trinity in The Matrix, which was a cult classic instantly and inspired and moved so many people who watched that movie. And she had an incredible role and did an amazing job. But Carrie Ann is much more than that. She is a mother, a wife, an actress, and a yogi who came to Los Angeles to pursue a career in acting. Now, over the last 20 years, her work in the entertainment industry includes roles in The Matrix and Memento and many other films and TV shows. Now, success as an actress has brought her fulfillment, but for Carrie Ann, it was marriage and motherhood where she found her deepest sense of purpose and her greatest joy. And we got to dive in deep today. I really enjoyed this conversation. We actually went for uh, over an hour, and it just didn't want to stop. I just wanted to continue diving in deeper to her soul, her heart, and really learning how she's evolved over the last 20 years and how she moved from Canada to pursue a dream when she had no money, no place to live, and really no clue if it was going to work out or not. Then how she went from you know, being a working actress but not really breaking through anywhere and landing the job with Trinity for The Matrix. And what happened after that? Then how she went from being a movie star to becoming a mother and transitioning there and all of the amazing, messy, and beautiful things that come along the journey. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. And some of the main things we cover are the incredible power of visualization to create the life you dream of and how Carrie Ann has done this her entire life. Also, how to live in the present moment, no matter how busy we are. We talked about the value of finding your self-worth outside of your job and outside of your career. Also, what Carrie Ann's training looked like in preparation for filming The Matrix and the story of how she got cast in such a big movie and so much more. Make sure to share this out with your friends. It's lewishouse.com slash 329. Share that link out on Twitter, on Facebook, post it on Instagram. And also, you can check out the full show notes back there at lewishouse.com slash 329. And check out the full video interview that we did together in the Greatness Studio as well. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the one, the only, Carrie Ann Moss. Welcome, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We've got Carrie Ann Moss in the house. Good to see you. Thank you. I'm very excited for this. We got connected through Eric Handler, who's a mutual friend of ours. Yep. And a good buddy of mine, so I'm very grateful for Eric for connecting us. And uh, I already feel really connected to you just in the last 20 minutes, hearing about everything and learning about your story. So excited to dive in. Now, a lot of people know you from The Matrix, right? Which was, what, 15 years ago when that came out? Or 1999, I think, 2000? Yeah. And yep. Uh, that was kind of like, it was such a huge thing. It's It's amazing that you're talking about... All the things that we were talking about before about really this consciousness and this awareness that that's really what you started in your career that made it big is this consciousness and awareness. And now it's really what you're doing with your work, working with mothers, working with other women about bringing this to life, right? Yeah. I think it's not so coincidental. Really? <laughs> and I, I'm 
in awe of the unfoldment of my own life mm. and looking at all of those things that could appear to be coincidental and, right. and understanding that, that there's a journey there that is beyond me. And I'm beyond grateful for getting to play like that role and having that impact yeah. and being a part of something that had that, that much of an impact on people still I, today. Yeah. Right? And it's the consciousness of it is so deep and layered. And I remember at the time that I didn't at all understand the depth of, of it. Mm. I was, you know, on a spiritual journey. I understood the layers of consciousness in it, but I didn't understand it at all from an intellectual point of view. Yeah. The directors and the writers um, that created it, they very smart people and yeah. really bright. Brilliant. brilliant. I mean, it's like to come brilliant. up with a script like that. Totally brilliant. And I, I remember I had a rock at my door. In fact, I still have it. It's in my office and it said, believe. And I remember thinking about Trinity and I understood her heart completely. I'm not a very intellectual person. Like I, I completely come from instinct and intuition and mm -hmm. my heart. And I understood her that way. That was mm -hmm. my way in. And I always felt like she was the heart yeah. of the three of them, she Morpheus, was. Neo, yeah. and Trinity. And, and, um, I had the greatest time playing her and bringing her to life and being a part of that. What and, an experience. Yeah. I mean, was life just completely changed after that? Because before you were working and you were a consistent actor, right? And you were a model before that. But then that really kind of like took it to a whole other level. It did. I, I, mean, I everyone watched the movie, right? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was one of those moments where I remember shortly before getting it, where I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to be turning 30 and maybe I'll never be in movies. Maybe I'll just have this mediocre television career. And that's like better than most people. Most people don't get that. Most people don't ever get that. I make a living as an actor. I understood how mm -hmm. big that was. Uh, I had a lot of friends who were actors and most of us weren't making a living as an actor. So I understood. I, you know, I bought a house as an actor. Right. I was paying my bills as an actor. You weren't waiting tables. Yeah. And... It wasn't that far off, right, right, but, right, right, but right, yeah. you know, I was making a living. Some was, months where you're like, well, maybe I need to go get a second job, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. In you're fact, never, you're never in, certain in as an actor. In fact, wait, when I, after I shot the matrix, that year of shooting the matrix, I wasn't sure if I was going to need to wait tables in between it what? coming out. No, I wasn't sure. And I thought to myself, was it not that big of a paid gig or no, no, I was really? like nobody. Right. I, so they gave you, so you didn't get a big, no, like Keanu, didn't, no, you know. I was, it was, uh, yeah, I would have done it for free and they all know that right when wow. they're making your deals. But I remember thinking, you know, I got offered a few things before it, it came out and things for like a lot of money, but they weren't great. And I had to trust that wow. the movie, I didn't know if the movie was going to be big. I didn't yeah. know if, um, if my career was going to take off or not. Uh, and I just had to know that it, I had to trust and really get into that place of trusting that. Wow. And so you turned down bigger paying jobs oh, big for time. a potential of a, could potentially be a bust. Totally. Who knows if the movie's going to do totally. well, right? These guys weren't like, uh, were they known directors or producers they'd before? Done, was they'd like, done like a, 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 a movie that had done well, but there was gotcha, no... But who knows? I had no idea. It was had, a weird concept. Or it uh, was like... So many people didn't understand what the heck we were doing. And <laughs> and yeah, I, I had to I had to believe. And I hadn't seen like a piece of it. I didn't know what it even looked like. Really? And I just 
I remember getting one offer in particular that was quite big. I'd never seen an offer like that. Like a TV deal? No, it was a, it was or... a movie thing, but mm. it was, it wasn't in alignment with like what I was about. Right, and so truth. it was, as I couldn't, I couldn't say yes to just the money. Yeah. That's the Couldn't worst. do it. And I'm glad I, I didn't do it. You know, I've never done that. Right. So, so it wasn't really that hard of a decision. And if I had to wait tables, I would have waited tables. You know what? I loved waiting tables. I got to sure. tell you, I waited tables. I was, um, very good at it. I yeah. almost managed restaurants when I was like 17, eight year, 18 years old in Vancouver. I was the waitress that people would bring their families mm -hmm. and I would hold their kids while they ate dinner and their children would bring me photographs that they had drawn. Wow. And I loved being of service and I loved serving mm -hmm. people food and I loved being in the energy of a restaurant. I thought that's what I was going to do uh, as a career was perhaps manage and, you know, yeah. I was, I was going up the ranks in the restaurant chain that I worked at pretty fast because I was good with people and I loved what I did and I enjoyed it. Yeah. And then I remembered a friend of mine came in and I was, I remembered that I had a dream of being an actress and I didn't know exactly how I was going to do it because I'd never seen anyone do it before. I didn't know anyone. I mean, Michael J. Fox had gone to my elementary school. Really? And, although I didn't. He's Canadian, huh? Yeah. Oh, wow. And although I didn't know him, he was like a light for me. That someone who, who walked in the same school that I went to was able to make it, make that. And it would just seem so far away. And I just rekindled that idea that I had that dream and it lived within me. And sure, I could go into restaurant business and and probably do really well at it and really enjoy it. But that I had this deep yearning to be an artist and to be an mm. actress and to tell stories and to do that. And I went and I studied, I came here to Pasadena to, to go to school for a year. And I, you know, I had a job to pay for that. I, you know, I, I mean, it really was a hard thing to do. I went to school full time and, and yeah. had like three jobs or something. How old are you at this time? I think I was, 18 or 19. Sure. That's young. And, yeah. and then I traveled and I did some modeling and that was really an incredibly eye-opening experience for me. And then I moved home to Vancouver after being in, I'd been in Japan, I'd been in Spain, I'd been in, um, in a few different places in Belgium. And I came home and I thought, okay, I'll, I'll try to be an actress here in Vancouver. Mm -hmm. And after a few days, I started to feel kind of blue. And my mom was like, that's not like you. I normally have quite a... Sad, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Sad. Blue as in sad. <laughs> you don't say that? No, I just didn't know if you were like... Well, Is that a girl Sick thing? or... No. Well, <laughs> I felt... Yeah. I felt kind of sad yeah. and not very turned on mm -hmm. energetically for what was happening in my life. I mean, I'd literally been home like a few days. Wow. <laughs> you know, I probably needed to ride it out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but yeah. I remembered like since I was a child, I saw myself living here. Wow driving on the PCH, wearing all white, which is interesting because I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher and <laughs> wearing all white. Where I wear all white all the time. I live right off of that PCH. Mm -hmm. And I envisioned that since I was a child. Wow. I envisioned the life that I have since I was a child. When we talk about, you know, visualization yes. and manifestation, those were naturally within me since I was a little kid. I was making vision boards when I was seven and really? eight years old. Did you know what you were doing? Or I had just no like idea. He was like, here's a dream. It'd be cool to do this. I was she meditating was... when I was a kid with wow. other children and asking wow. and going in a circle with them and, and 
having a love for yoga, which I didn't even know what yoga was. And I was just very tuned in, I guess, to some of those things that now I have such a great love for and I can see the seeds and they weren't planted there by other people. They They were were in me. No, they weren't. You didn't see it on TV or movies. Well, I could have seen a lot of what my career was in television. Absolutely. Because I grew up watching a lot of television. So that's, was the inspiration Probably. maybe came from the things you saw in Hollywood or whatever, right? Absolutely. You saw the PCH. Exactly. How would I have known that? Yes. Yeah. Baywatch or something. Probably. Right? <laughs> I think well, but we're talking way pre-Baywatch. Right, right, we're right. talking Three's Company. We're For talking sure, sure. Happy Days. We're talking, you know, all those shows. And I remember like just as a family, we would go to Seattle once a year. Mm. And to go like across the border into the United States That's of America huge, huh? was huge. And I could get like all the candy and the chocolate that I saw in the commercials because we didn't have that stuff. It was like a big deal. Like the fake M&Ms, not the real ones. I don't know. We had had different (laughs) stuff. But I remember like thinking like America Mm -hmm. had something that you wanted that I wanted. And although I can see now that it's not necessarily true, Canada, America, I mean, there's so many great qualities in both countries, but I was definitely attracted to the vibration of the United States of America for me as an as a wanting to be yeah. an actress and stuff. It's funny we were just talking before we started recording that you know you might move out of the country yeah. now at some point <laughs> like depending on who is elected president based on where things go. It's kind of interesting how you got what you wanted and now you may want to Well, who knows? I think knows? I, I always want to move and right, right. I I think you know one of the things that I'm exploring right now at this phase of my life is where is home? Mm. And when it comes down to it, home is in, is within me, no matter what. And I know that I believe that, but there's another level that I'm exploring. I was just writing about it for Annapurna living about home. And I've written a lot about it because it's, I think as the mother of three children that I think about it a lot, my husband and I think about it a lot about the memories that we are creating for our children and, um, the, where we're choosing to be and, where we're laying down roots Mm. and what kind of life we want for our children. And the reality is you're having the life you're having. So you can live in your mind of thinking that things could be better somewhere else. And yet you need to be where you are because as Ram Dass says, you know, be here now Mm. or, you know, wherever I am, there I am. And I am really exploring that right now. You know, we're in a rental house in the Palisades because we sold our family home a couple of years ago thinking we were going to move mm-hmm. out of the, out of California. <laughs> and I love the house that we live in. It's an old house, but it's not mine. I still have like boxes in the closet. We've moved in. We've It's like we're going on our second year, but we didn't unpack everything. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize I was loving it at a distance. I didn't realize until just a few weeks ago, I went away to London to work and I had this breakthrough. Sometimes I have those when I pull out of my life and Mm -hmm. have a moment of space, mental space. I think as mothers, it's, it's not often that we have the mental space to be um, thinking of other things other than what we're, what we're doing. And your children and your husband. Yeah. And all of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I had this moment and when I came home, I, I, I just saw the house in a different way. Mm. And I started loving it in this way. I had this dream of, of living on a farm and having animals and having, um, green and having a garden, all of these things. And so I started a little one, like not a big one. Mm. And of course, then, then this is what my mind does. I thought, oh, I need to go to like the right store and like get the right plants that, well, I can't do that right now. So I went to Gelson's. 
and got the organic herbs that just were there. I that, three plants, three ninety nine each. <laughs> I don't have to wait yeah. till I can get to the perfect store to get the right combination mm-hmm. to have it done right. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. I put these three little potted plants in my window and a fern, and it's bringing me so much joy to look at it every mm. morning with my tea. And I thought, wow, I've been waiting. Mm. I've been waiting, thinking that over there, somewhere else, I'll have that. But I can have it here. I can have it now. And that's what I try to live my life exploring. Yeah. Where am I not living my desire of how I want to be living like right now? Intimacy with people. Well, my life is filled with people that I'm interacting with all the time. Mm-hmm. How can I connect in that way without leaking all over the place or squandering my energy? What do you mean by leaking? Well, I think that I have a tendency, although not as much as I used to have. I used to, this used to be something that I definitely dealt with. And when I was younger, sharing too much or leaking, like having my energy leaking out of the boat basically. Sure. And I know when I'm doing that, that it's a sign that something's off. So when I look at that and I noticed it recently, I hadn't noticed it in a while. I hadn't felt that. I thought, okay, what is that telling me? Like it's a a red flag or a red light saying, okay, where am I not taking tender care of my soul Mm -hmm. or myself or what I have right in front of me? And what I love about consciousness and awareness is that it happens in a moment. And so I try to look at my life that way in everything I do. Yeah. And when I feel off, I don't beat myself up. I go, oh, something needs my attention. Thank you for showing me that. Okay, let's shift here or shift yeah. there. And I call that feedback. Yeah. You know, it's not like we're failing at something in our life or our relationships or our health. It's not a failure. It's just like it's information for us to say what's working and what's not working. Yeah. On our dreams or where we want to be, you know, so mm-hmm. that's cool. What do you think is missing the most for people right now? At least in, let's say in, uh, in America, what's missing for people? What do you think that they're lacking the most of? Well, the thing that comes to mind is connection. Mm. I, I'm pretty passionate about that because I think that when you're connected to yourself, then you know what you need. And I think that we're bombarded with so much information right now, and we don't need any more information. What we need is wisdom to know what information works for us. Hmm. We don't really need another course to do to get ourselves distracted into another. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited-time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Idea. And there's so many people that are teaching so many great things, which yeah. I'm all about and I, I, I'm so grateful. But really, how can you discern for yourself what you need? And not just get lost in the information and feel overwhelmed and bogged down and then start to spiral into the same issues that brought you there, mm. which are not feeling like you're enough, like so-and-so has a better life than you and maybe you're doing it wrong. But when you're connected to yourself, and that's why one of the things I teach are three-minute meditations so that people don't, and I think- you're a yoga teacher. Well. Yeah. I'm, well, I've been studying Kundalini yoga for a long time, yeah. like over 20 years, and I became a a kundalini yoga teacher. I took the teacher training, which I highly recommend to absolutely everybody. Just to get it, even oh, if you're not going to teach at, it. At, no doubt about it. It's, really? It's the single best thing I've ever done. Wow. The tools for living a life, a modern life right now are in there. And I knew I needed it. My husband had taken it and uh, I watched him really transform. And then I knew I knew all this. I'm, you know, right. I, I You'd experienced it before you I, heard it. I know. It. It. Well, yeah, I've yeah. been taking yoga forever. I've been studying with Guru Singh forever. I've, you know, I've been awake for a long time, mm -hmm. but I was starting to feel a lot of anxiety, daily anxiety. When was this? Mm, probably after I had my kids started growing a little bit. So this is a few years ago. Yeah. You have three children. I right? have three kids, yeah. 12, almost 13. He's almost 13. And then I have a 10 year old and then I have an almost seven year old. Sure. And I started just to feel the manicness of my mind, just, <laughs> you know, at night, not yeah. sleeping well, thinking about what schools they should go oh to, gosh. what the world was going to be like for them and feeling just overwhelmed and leaking with mm. looking for the best schools and looking for what I could do when really what I needed was to connect to myself. Mm -hmm. Finding there's no perfect school out there. There's, there's no, no perfect garden. There's no perfect garden. <laughs> there's no perfect neighborhood. Yeah. There's no perfect anything. And so I started to take the teacher training, which I did over a nine month period. And at that point I couldn't even imagine like leaving my life for one weekend a month. I mean, so much, right? I would go home at night, but 
I, up until then, I hadn't I barely had a babysitter for my children. So it was yeah. a huge deal. Huge commitment. Huge commitment. My children play sports on the weekend. I like to be there. Mm-hmm. I don't like to miss stuff. So what well, made you decide to do it? Then? Well, it was time. Mm-hmm. I knew it was time. My husband said, we can do it. Uh, we can, we can take, I can take care of it. You go do this. Yeah. This will be the best thing you do. And so wow. he was very supportive of That's that, cool. which always helps. And I know a lot of people don't have that kind yeah. of supportive partnerships, but, um, I was really grateful. I needed that. I needed that support because I don't think I would have done it quite then. Mm-hmm. And then I did it and uh, started, you know, if I could say one thing that I got out of it, like I got a million things, but one of the major things was having a regular meditation practice. It's so powerful. So powerful because when you can meditate and start taking out the, the garbage of your subconscious mind mm-hmm. and you go through that period of getting there. And then you get to that place where when you close your eyes, and even if it's only for three minutes, that you have a, a, a moment of not being in that craziness and yeah. in all of that manic. The matrix. Yeah. <laughs> and you connect to yourself and you connect to your soul, even if it's for a moment. When you catch a glimpse of that, your life changes. Yeah. Because you you just, it's it's the sweetest thing. And it doesn't cost any money. You don't need anybody but you, and it's not always blissful or easy or any, I'm not suggesting that, but when you catch a glimpse of that, it's, for me, it's heaven. It's just the most euphoric, like, I love that. And so I do that every day. That's great. And sometimes I don't want to do it. And sometimes I don't have that euphoric moment of it. But the more that I do it, the more that I'm able to handle stressful situations, the more that I'm able to go with the flow. And what did I, the other day I was taking my daughter somewhere and we were, what did I say to her? I said, well, let's go, let's go to Sweet Rose Creamery and this ice cream place, Mm. organic ice cream place on the corner. (laughs) And she was like, really? She was so shocked. And she was like, I said, yeah. So let's just do it. She was like, and she's walking ahead of me. She goes, you know, mom, sometimes you just got to go with the flow. And I thought, how many times have I said that to her when I haven't been able to get her in the car? Right. You know? Or you're late for practice or whatever. She, it was so cute to hear it mirrored back. Of course, in a situation that she was so excited <laughs> yeah. about. Sometimes she's got to go with the flow. That's amazing. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So meditation and mm. um, has been such a big deal for me. And the Kundalini yoga music that I listen to a lot mm. raises the vibration of my, sure. of my life. Yeah. The sound. The sound actually. Do you do the bowls too? And the, I don't. What's that called? Yeah. Um, Where they like put the sticker on the bowl. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, it's I a love great it. sound. Yeah, I, I don't know. Sure. I think it's bowls. Bowls. I don't know. <laughs> it's like crystal bowls. Crystal or something, bowls. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not part of my practice, but sure, I sure, sure appreciate that. But yeah. my so, practice is real simple. I'll put a sheepskin in my kitchen on the floor. Tune in. Meditate. I'll do it in my kids' playroom. I'll do it in the bathroom while they're one of them when they were little having a bath, and that's what I feel that I want to share with women and why I work with a lot of mothers on Annapurna Living and with my mother course and with Fierce Grace Collective is demystifying meditation. I'm really teaching to the householder. Kundalini yoga was brought for the householder, not for the, you know, for the person living on, you know, in the cave in yeah. solitude and, and all of that. Like we're living these modern people lives. People like you who've got a career, busy career, three kids. Full on. You know, full on. Full on. And you were I saying that you used to say no to things like this. You know, in the past, you just say no to everything because you said you didn't have the time. Yeah. And so you've got a lot going on. So how do you meditate and how do you develop the practice in this, in the messiness? Right. 
Well, I try to keep it super simple. Yeah. And how, how long is it for a few minutes? You said, well, like I, my nice. sadhana, which is like some exercises, it can be more like half an hour sure, to sure, an hour sure. with yoga yeah. mixed in. Right? But if I, if I really can't do that, then I'll, I'll literally, it takes me five minutes to tune in and, and do a meditation and that'll make such a huge difference in my day. If I, mm-hmm. if I do that, you know, it's interesting. I've been talking a lot about meditation, uh, on this with people and what if there was no meditation, what would you be doing? to give yourself that inner peace. If there was no meditation or yoga, you couldn't do it. Do you think there'd be an, a substitute for it? For people that are like, you know what? It's just really not for me. Like meditation, yoga, just not something I'm even going to think about mm. doing. But is there another solution for people who are similar to you, who have busy lives? I think they should try meditating. Right. Because I think that when I come back around to any issue that I have in my life, that... If I'm meditating on a regular basis, even if it's just sitting still, putting your hand on your heart and inhaling and exhaling and connecting to your breath, I'm not talking about doing, I don't do like hardcore yoga. I do like Kundalini, you know, that kind of physical downward dog. I mean, I do, I love that, but that's not the kind of yoga that I do. Kundalini yoga is different. It's the yoga of awareness. It's a different kind of yoga Mm. that when I do that regularly, it's not that things don't happen, but I'm able to clearly move through them energetically. And I'm able to sort of see how I need to, to do things. And when I don't do um, do that, then it's a lot more complicated. So I say, try it. You know, I, I don't believe that any of us, I can't, you have to experience something. Yeah. And if you really don't want to, like, maybe ask why, hmm. like, what is that? Whose voice is that? Because if somebody, if you, if you could sit down with yourself and connect to yourself and maybe there's too much pain, maybe there's too many voices in there. Maybe you just can't imagine it. Maybe you judge that or whatever that is. Look at that. Mm -hmm. What is that? Because there's probably something to really learn there. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it's running for some people or hiking for some people and looking at nature. I mean, there's so many ways in. Swimming or whatever. Yeah there's so many ways in and you have to know yourself to know what works for you. Yeah. Who was the most influential person in your life growing up? My mom. Why is that? Well, she loved me so much that I remember feeling incredibly loved as a child. And I remember feeling like the world was a good place. Mm. I think that's really important to give our children. And I think that because we're exposed to so many things today, it's hard to protect them. Yeah. And you want your children to be aware, but sometimes I hear like really young children worried about GMO food and worried about the environment. And of course they are because they're hearing us and and we're having more intimacy with our children today than perhaps the parents of my, you know, my generation of growing up. Uh, I think that we are much more intimate. So our children are really experiencing us in a different way, which is wonderful. Yeah. But I have to be mindful of not bringing too much to them too soon. What do you mean too much to them? Too much protection or too much too too much information. Mm. Let them be children. Right. Let them believe that the world is a beautiful, safe, incredible place. Mm-hmm. Because you need that foundation, I think, to really thrive in life. Yeah. That's something that I believe is really worth a lot. And it's hard to have that. You know, I have an older child now too, so my younger child's getting exposed to all kinds of stuff right. so much younger and And there isn't any perfect way. And I'm all about connection to my children and being present and 
meeting them where they are and all of that. But my mom, I, I look back and I felt we didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. We didn't have any of that material stuff. And yet I felt like our house was magic. Hmm. I felt like I felt like there was so much possibility in the world. Wow. And I got that from her. And it's not necessarily that she is like this super positive person. She created that for us. How so? I have a memory like my own. One of my biggest memories as a child were these placemats we had. And they had that yellow happy face. Uh Sure, sure. And we had like things that hung that had like happy faces on them. (laughs) And she had like sayings about parenting on the wall that were all about respect. And she talked to me like I was a human being, a person. We had a relationship that was that way. And Mm. she, I remember her talking about that she wanted that, that it was important to her. And she put herself through college when my brother and I were little. And I went to the nursery school at the college. She took my brother to classes. (laughs) We watched our mom get her high school diploma and go to college and learn it, learn how to do something. I remember my mom coming home with her one day from there. It was Langara college. And like, she picked up a hitchhiker, a kid (laughs) and like gave him a lecture about like why it wasn't a good idea to do that. And I was in the car and she wasn't like, she was super, uh, you know, reading and into, into being self taught. And she wanted us to have like a better life. Right. She wanted that parents together. No, they weren't. So she was a single mom. She was a single mom for a big part of it. And then she got married to my stepfather for a few years in there. Um, but I think of our family unit as my brother and her and I, Wow. and she always believed in me too. And I remember when I was a kid, she would come home and I would have literally called all the acting agencies in Vancouver Uh and like set up appointments and she'd come home. I think I was like maybe sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. I don't know. Somewhere in there. And, uh, she'd be like, Carrie Ann, you're going to have to call and cancel that. And when you're old enough to drive yourself, you can. Wow. And I'm so glad that she did that. And that's hilarious. But she took me, you know, I was in dance class and I sang all over Vancouver. I was part of this troupe called the Ormiston entertainers. And there were, we were like this, we, we would go into this, this woman taught us and we'd sing show tunes and we'd go and we'd perform. I was a Scottish dancer and I performed that way and I sang and I was in all the school plays and I wrote the school plays and I, Hmm. I loved that. And my mom always played music and she played the guitar and she sang. And so I was around a creative, you know, she was a creative person. I think the thing that I have that's surprising is the fierceness that I have. I think that's where if I look at my mom and what she might be proud of me for, and I know she's proud of me for lots of things because she shares that with me is that I'm, I'm pretty hardcore. I'm, I'm very compassionate Mm -hmm. and have a lot of heart, but I'm also really strong. Yeah. I feel that about you. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) But like, you know, I moved here knowing absolutely nobody. I had one person that I knew I had no money. I had no green card. I just had a dream Mm. and I wasn't, super savvy. I mean, I was, I have a a great deal of naivety at the same time. That helps. In a, in a, yeah, totally. I don't know how (laughs) I I lived for Oprah. 
back then mm, because she was my three o'clock. You know, I knew I knew I had something that I could do at three o'clock mm. because I didn't have auditions. I didn't have friends. I didn't have anything here. That first year of living in Where'd LA. Where did you live? Where did you? I lived right around the corner on Melrose. My man, I met no my, way. I met my manager who's from Vancouver. She and I have been together for 24 no years. She still lives there. So she, so she was in Vancouver. She said to go to LA. I met her. I, 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 I was walking by her office bringing a guy that I knew to meet a modeling agent. And she saw me and she said, you come in. And I, we ended up talking and she said, what do you want to do? I said, I, I'm, I'm going to LA to be an actress. And she said, I'll help you. Hmm. I was like, okay. She became my manager and her ex-husband lived here. And part of their, you know, he, they had a child and I lived, I rented a room and I paid her the $500 it was part no of his, way. his, like, his support or whatever. And he was, he's a comedian and a talk show host and he's amazing. And I, he was always traveling. And so I lived in this one room in his apartment in off off Melrose, Melrose, sweet sir in Melrose. Sure. And I didn't have enough money to go for a coffee and I'm not exaggerating. Of course. Okay. Not even in the least. And I just knew that. Did she start sending you out on auditions or what happened? She connected me with an agent uh-huh. and I met an agent and I started auditioning and I started to work. Acting classes and. I started to do acting classes and so I. you got work early on. Little bits, sure. little things here and there. Extra work here and there. No, I never did extra. No. I did extra work when I was really young, but no, sure. I, no, like, like parts. Like wow. I, yeah. L- you know, little parts here and there. And how old were you? I was, tw- I can't move to on my, on my, almost my 25th birthday. Okay, cool. Well, so you were here for about five years before you got the Matrix, right? Yeah, oh. I did TV. I did like Models sure. Inc. I, I did um, different, you know, some Canadian stuff because I was Canadian, so I could go wow. and and do Canadian stuff quite easily. Mm-hmm. And right, right, right. you know, being a Canadian actually really helped me to support myself as an actress because I they wouldn't have to deal with that that um, Canadian issue. Uh-huh. Sure. So it actually worked out in my favor. Who uh-huh. would have known that Canada would become so... Because a lot of filming is in Vancouver, right? Yeah, sure. I actually would work more in Toronto. Very rarely Toronto. worked in Vancouver. But gotcha. Yeah, so that's... Interesting. ...how it unfolded for me. Wow. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned as an actor that you apply to real life? Mm, so many. I just don't think there's any separation. I... I look at myself as an actress. Do I call it actress or actor? It doesn't matter. Sometimes I say actress. Okay. Sometimes I say actress. I don't know. It's sort of whatever. <laughs> don't be politically correct here. No <laughs> political correct with me. I'm like, depends on the day. Sometimes I call myself an actor and other times I call yeah, myself yeah, okay. an actress. I don't even know why that is. <laughs> I like that I can be mercurial like there that, I go. guess. Jeez um, Louise, that's a big Biggest question. lesson you learn. It's, I mean, every day. I look at life as an ongoing exploration of my soul and of my things that are in the way. What I love about acting is that so often the parts that I get are something that I'm actually working on in my own life really, in some way, shape or form. So I look at, can you give me an example mm, of one? Let's see. Maybe from the past we're like, Oh, I'm working on this right now. And- um, I mean, it can be very subtle. It might not even be in the material. It sure. might be just a theme, an overarching theme of when I think of the character. Gotcha. It's, you know, maybe I need to be exploring a certain part of myself that I'm not. So it's not as literal as that. I just went and spoke with some kids at, at our school because I like to work with the young actors. So I was talking to the eighth grade about the play that they're doing. They're doing Fiddler on the Roof. And what I love to do for them and what I love about acting is where in your life are you like that? 
And where in your life are you judging that? So like one of the kids is playing a guy that could be really judged. And we, you know, we brought in some political figures that are, that could be judged. And we, we, we looked at like what's happening in the world right now that we can look at this old, old play and bring ref, bring modern thinking to. And, you know, whenever we're judging somebody, it, there's something in there that, especially if you're playing it, you can't, you know, if you play someone and you're judging the character you're playing with playing, you're, you're not getting in to the person. Right. So one of the things that I have always applied in my acting career, and I'm actually thinking a lot about it lately as a woman, is I would always think when I, when I get a job or something that I was part of the wheel, right? Like you have your wheel with the spokes Mm -hmm. coming out of the wheel, like on a bicycle. Sure. And that my value as an actor was no more important than the craft service, than the sound guy, than the camera operator, the producer, the the writer, all of us. It takes all of us. We all have these right. equal pieces that create the function of this wheel. And so it's always been very important to me to understand that because sometimes as an actor, you, you get treated so well, can yes. be, not always, very, you know, probably pretty rarely for most people, but I've had that experience where I've been treated so well. People bring you a coffee and what do you need? And, oh, can you get me that from my trailer? And, you know, those kinds of things that are pretty... um, The sound guy doesn't get that treatment necessarily. But I I always want to remember that, Mm -hmm. that that part of the whole. If the sound guy isn't doing his job, then you're going to suffer. The wheel's going to suffer. Well, the, with, right. and it's just holding that we're all creating this. We're all creating part of this creative process together. We're all making, like, if you look at the matrix, it was this, it was this coming together of all of these people that all had such big heart mm. and expertise and passion and drive yeah. to create this product. Unbelievable. And it's, I love being a part of that. I'm a team player. Yeah. I love to be on a team. Uh, I'm not alone. I don't want to do wolf. it on my own. Yeah. I love collaborating. It turns me on to collaborate with yeah. people. Like yeah. I need that. Um, I'm not an island onto myself. I, yeah. I need that interaction with other people. So as an actress, I think, and then, you know, and then some basic things like with, as an actress, often you're unemployed. So I remember... <laughs> feeling and I feeling like if I needed to know that I was enough, regardless of whether I had a job or not. So I worked hard at that. Yeah. That was wow. an ongoing. It might be a year or two. We don't have something, right? C- can be. I mean, right. I, if you were to look at, I have every journal I've ever written in since I was 10 years old. I have journals and journals and journals from that apartment on Melrose and Sweets are saying, I am enough. Wow. I am enough. I am enough. I deserve, I deserve success. I, I, I work through all of that really vigorously. That was, I would wake up in the morning and do my morning pages from the artist way, Julia Cameron's artist Mm -hmm. way. And I would write and get it out and I would apply that and go into an audition. And my mom was just saying the other day, I saw her and my brother in London and uh, she was saying how, what she was so impressed with when I was younger and auditioning a lot was that I was able to do it and let it go and move on. And I remember with an audition. Yeah. Like not, not carrying on to, like, to it. I, I got to get this role. I always applied to auditions that if it was meant for me, then I would get it. Huh. That if I did the work, if I did the preparation, that if it was meant for me, not like I got to get it. I never had that attitude. It was, if it was meant for me and if it was part of my journey and 
if someone else got it, it was part of their journey. Yeah. And I trusted that completely and totally. It's a great way of looking at it. Because I think so many people, whether it be acting or anything, like they go after something, a pitch in business, they want to get the gig, they want to get the client, but it may not be the right client. You know, just like it's not the right job as an actor. And it may be actually take away from your life if you get that client or the acting gig, right? It may. Totally. I've, or you make that sports team or whatever it is. Absolutely. You, you have picked. to trust it. How many times did I almost get a job and feel like I wanted it and it not happen? And something, you in the last so, two, right? something like, so much better happened. Right. Matrix included. Really? I would have, if I'd gotten other things that I thought, things. no, no, just things before that, that seemed great. I couldn't have imagined the matrix mm. being in my, f I, I couldn't have seen that, but it was the right time. I was, uh, it, it was meant to be in that way. And it doesn't mean that you don't show up and do the work. Of course. There's work to be done. You know, success is when opportunity meets preparation. I, that was one of my founding thing as an actress, my acting teacher drilled that into us. You don't just show up and think it's just gonna, you have to be prepared. You got to yeah. do your work. You've got to do your homework. You've got to be growing and looking at yourself. Yeah. But I want to also do all of that and like have a good life yeah. and not be living in insecurity and panic mm. over all of the things I can't control. So I've worked, I've worked hard at that. Yeah. And now I look back and I don't even necessarily know, but I spent years doing that. Mm -hmm. And now I'm reaping. Not being aware of it, but you were. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was aware. I was, sure. de I was in it, but like. Now I don't even remember who that was that ever felt that way, hmm. who, who felt, I feel different things now, but, right. and sometimes they'll come up and I'll go, oh yeah, I remember that. But really I think awareness and consciousness and having that awakening, you almost don't recognize yourself. You become new mm -hmm. and you can become new in a moment by changing the way you think. So I'm doing that dance all day long and I love it. Mm. I love life in that way. Yeah. When you look yourself in the mirror, how often do you look in the mirror? Not a lot. Not a lot. Mm -hmm. When you look yourself in the mirror, what do you see? Mm, sometimes that I'm very tired. I really don't. I'm not a big mirror person. Mm. In fact, when I did the Matrix, I had them take all the mirrors out of the uh, the part the hotel room. There was just mirrors like everywhere. <laughs> really, you had I, to take them out. I, I, yeah, it wasn't really a huge deal. Sure, sure. But it was like too much. And wow. I said, I'm. I said like, um, this is kind of driving me crazy. I have to live here in this hotel room for a year. Where, where was it filmed? In Sydney. And, really? Yeah. And I think I covered a few with like cloths and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm honestly, I would love, part of what I love about my life, I guess, is I don't have to think about that too much except when I'm working. And I really, even when I'm working, I have a friend who's a producer. I worked with her a few years ago and she was like, you really need to check your hair before you, like, you know, I was like, I don't want to. I do care because right, right. if it's on a show or something, but like there's people that are hired to do that. They're doing it for you. I, I have, have to trust they're doing their job because I don't want to care. I don't want to think about it. I mean, I Put never, that much energy. Into I just, the way you look, I just yeah. can't, I want to look healthy and I want my skin to look good. I want my eyes to be vibrant. I want to feel beautiful from the inside out. But to fixate on it. I, oh, I can't. Yeah. I just, yeah, I always, even when I was younger and auditioning all the time, I'd always just pull my hair back and I wouldn't wear any makeup. And hmm. that was always my, where I felt natural more, beauty. I love it. Thanks. That's where well, it's at. That's what I felt most beautiful. Yeah, that's was the, in that. 
place. And my brother. I think all women are the most beautiful when they have that natural. My brother used to say that to me when I was really young. He'd always say, "Don't wear makeup." It's the best. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah. So a year. So you were the filming took a year, right? It took a year, and it was in Sydney the whole time. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Um, the first one. The first one. What was that like when you were in the middle of it? Did you feel like you were onto something? You guys were like part of something bigger than yourselves, mm-hmm. like different than other gigs you'd done oh it was you're like this is actually going to impact people or were you like "Uh, who knows still yeah i didn't know really no i just knew it was an amazing i knew that i was having a personal exploration you know facing a lot of fears and dealing with a lot of expansiveness within myself you had to grow a lot yes and i knew i knew that was happening what was the biggest lesson you learned during that year oh (laughs) what didn't i learn right what didn't i learn i couldn't Put it into one. Mm. Did you feel like you were worthy of that role and that? I guess you didn't really know how big it was going to be, but if you knew like this is going to be the biggest movie of the decade or whatever it is, that everyone's going to see this, did you feel like you were ready for it or you were worthy of it or you were enough for that? And I don't mm-hmm. know if Keanu was as big then as he was. He was, he was pretty was huge. Pretty yeah. You know, we had this, we all were very close. And so we spent a lot of time together. So I really, you three are kind of like the whole all cast, of us. Yeah, yeah. The three of us and then Hugo weaving and the directors and spent a lot of time. DP, yeah, we did going over the vision, going over, no, having dinner, oh, yeah. talking, having conversations, a training. I mean, we trained for four months here in LA before we wow. went. So I really, you know, I had this team of the martial art team that taught us who didn't speak any English, but who were, <laughs> but they were like masters, right? They were masters and they, they were, Supporting us completely. Wow. Was that a couple hours a day of training? It or? was all day, every day. Martial Monday arts through training? Friday. Yeah. It was like the first hour was stretching and then, you know, you, the second hour Just was stretching. kicking and then, then learning your fight. And then I'd work out with my Pilates trainer and then I'd do my cardio. Wow. And I was there. We were there from like nine to three or four every day. It was fun. I That's loved amazing. it. It was great. It's like being a pro athlete, just training all day. I love that. Yeah. I really do. I love that. To do it. I love that. I love. <laughs> training yeah. for a job. It's fun. Wow. It's uh something that I you know, it's different now, but I look back at that as just really enjoying that time in my life to have yeah. to have all that time to, sure. to train. That's so amazing. so we got to really know each you didn't other. Have kids then either, right? I didn't. You I wasn't married, didn't know my husband even. I was You're a full I was turning to I think I turned thirty on the day I on the day I screen tested, I had like a quite a length, lengthy, lengthy screen testing process. But mm-hmm. like on one of the main days, I turned 30 and we wrapped it on my 31st birthday, the first wow. matrix. So it was that entry oh into gosh. 30. Wow, and I did feel cool. that I felt a freedom in turning 30. And I remember, yeah. I, I laugh now because 30 seems so young, but I, <laughs> I remember feeling like the whole world opened up to me literally on my 30th birthday. And you know, I'd, I thought that way too. And I had 30. Yeah. Yeah. I really felt that, that, that awakening, that mm. opening of possibility. Mm. How long did it take when you first heard about the role or the casting happen for this? How long did it take from the first time I heard about it till you actually got the gig? A few weeks. Like, well, like not that long. But, huh. Well, it was, you know, I like, I think I auditioned for it mm-hmm. and the casting director said, I think I'm going to bring you back. And I thought, Really? Okay. Like I just didn't in a million years think it's hard to get in there. So then I had. Isn't it funny that the casting director pretty much has all the power, right? Is it that person's vision, or is it was a director there? She also? was. A, she was. Her name's Mally Finn. She's no longer alive, and she was a really amazing casting director. And she had a vision, and she 
knew them and knew what they wanted. Gotcha. So she brought, you know, she's bringing me to them and bringing all the other women that wanted it too. Gotcha, and, gotcha. And so, she, so I, then I met with them, with the directors and auditioned for them. And then you wait. That's the worst, right? <laughs> it was okay. I didn't, every, every part of it, I felt so grateful that I got to do it another day. I remember my agent at the time saying that I may screen test and I screamed and he said, well, don't get too excited. And I said, oh no, I'm going to get really excited. And I remember in that moment thinking he won't be my agent much longer Wow, because I didn't like that. Mm. Don't get too excited. Mm. I was like, and I, and he was, he was a great guy and all of that. But I remember in the moment thinking, uh, if I don't celebrate this, what the heck am I going to celebrate? Right. Whether or not I get this or not. This is the closest, I, this is like the biggest audition I've ever had in my life that I'm actually possibly screen testing for a Warner Brothers movie. Yeah. And I really didn't think I would get it, but I trusted that if it was meant to be that I would get it. And that's wow. what I, and it, then when I finished the screen testing process, which was many days, I had to do a fighting audition. And you weren't and, trained at this time no, in like martial arts. You just no. had to fake it. You're like, well, I'd done Billy Blank's aerobics classes. <laughs> so you had like some yeah. kickboxing. Well, and, and, and the, the director said that what they loved about my audition video of my fighting was that they, that there'd be like these cuts. And every time that they would come back, that the martial artist team that I was fighting were patting themselves up because I was actually making contact. Oh man, that's <laughs> funny. And that, you know, uh, I didn't know not how not to not make contact, the, yeah, yeah. but the fact that I wasn't afraid to make contact was something that You're they going all in. something that they noticed. Mm. And so when they when that whole process is, was done of auditioning, because then I had to audition with Keanu and I had to do screen test and all that. Then I, he was already chosen. Yeah, and then I had to wait. Then I waited. They had like a week to tell me, and on the Friday that they were going to tell me, they asked for another week. And oh, from what I understood, worst. nobody wanted me except the directors. Really? No. And <laughs> and I just went about my life. And by the time I got the phone call the following Friday, I pretty much thought it probably wasn't going to happen. Mm. And my team told me that I got that. Wow. I can almost remember it like it was yesterday. I think I like fell to my knees and cried oh and got instantly sick. I instantly got sick, like got a sore like throat. Nauseous, like or just No, like I think I was... It was so, I was holding so much that I didn't even know I was holding. Wow. And, you know, called my mom, called my best friends and, and just was in it. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's exciting. That's incredible. You know, it's interesting. A few things that I'm picking up as you said these things is that your agent told you, or your manager told you not to get excited. And when are we supposed to get excited? When the thing happens? When we achieve the dream, so are we not supposed to get excited along the journey, along the have ups to. and downs, right? So you have to. It's like we, we got to, you know, I, I love this book. I was just talking about this the other day, The Alchemist. I don't know if you've read yes. it. Yes. It's all about the journey. You know, it's very simple that we forget sometimes. And sometimes I get so focused on like the launch of my book or whatever, the product or the launch of their movie. But the day in day like work is what we should be celebrating, that's what, right? Yeah, that's what I'm. Really, like the little things each day. Absolutely, your your life, the yeah. way you live your life. It's that we're alive today. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Mm. And I think one of the things I've been thinking a lot about. You know, I create this content for my what I'm what I'm teaching here on 
online with Fierce Grace Collective is I teach these different ideas. And I, I th- sort of thought about the summer this summer and I thought, okay, I've got next month's done and mm-hmm. maybe I'll do the next couple months. Like I'll just really get gotcha. in there. Yeah, yeah. But then I, I thought, no, I'm, I'm living my life and sharing the process. Mm-hmm. And so there, I actually can't apply that model of business to what I'm doing no. because it would put me into my, in, into here. And what I'm really trying to share is simple ways to live your life from the inside out. And so I, I'm doing that in order yeah. to create it. So sometimes it's hard because I have to look at my vacation schedule and my children are going to this and doing that and all of that. But, but I, I was thinking about this today about some of the women that are part of the collective that I have. And, you know, we have like a comment section and how sometimes that can be so distracting and how I really, I think that it's, I want to take the tools that I'm sharing and that I'm living and put them into my life, not stay in my head with them. Yeah. Like, Go out and live them, yeah, and be apply it, living it, and be an example of that. Not just the idea of that. I remember always thinking like people would be teaching something, but they wouldn't necessarily. You knew they weren't living their life that way, and it never really. I didn't ever liked that. If I ever caught a glimpse of that, and yet somebody told me once that you don't have to be great at something to actually teach it. Some mm-hmm. of the best acting teachers might not be the best actors. Uh-huh. Some of the best relationship therapy therapists might not be able to actually have great relationships. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, but for me, I'm not doing this to be like an idea of somebody. I'm really want to like reach my hand out and give women who may never have access to this kind of information because of where they live or their family structure, these simple tools to elevate their lives because I'm so darn grateful that I was led to come to this city Mm -hmm. and that because of how difficult what I do for work is that I had to dig so deep to have a rich, beautiful life Mm. because the alternative was not acceptable to me. The alternative of, of being competitive in the face of envy or all that kind of thinking or not feeling good about myself or beating myself up or being full of anxiety and stress and all that stuff. That's not an option for me. So I'm so incredibly grateful. And so I'm really passing it forward and Mm -hmm. wanting to give that. So what's the program again? Where can people get it? Well, it's called Fierce Grace Collective is one of the things I offer. It's, um, and Annapurna Living has lots of is my website and has lots of just storytelling. I like to tell stories and I have other people that also write for it too, that are sharing stories just about living your life from the inside out and living in a simple way that feels nourishing to yourself. And I think one of the big things, myth busters, and we all know this, but it's like important to remember that nobody else has got it figured out. Nobody else has got a better life. Nobody else is just because they might have the nice house and the nice car and the perfect family and don't judge your insides by other people's outsides. It's mm. what I've lived by my whole life. I remember being a kid. We lived in an apartment in a co-op in Granville Island, my mom and I, and I went to a school where everyone was very wealthy and I commuted there for the drama and the music. And I never felt like ashamed of like where I came from. Like I always felt super proud of my apartment and my friends lived in beautiful mansions and you know, I, I remember that, but I never felt less than because of that. And I, so much of the world is built to make you feel less than 
if you don't have the things that you, that you, you know, you can buy, mm -hmm. which is all, as we know, manipulating us through media to buy and want and want to be into that system that right. we all don't want to do anymore. And I don't want my kids to do it. And I don't want my kids to feel like they have to do it. And right. it's like waking up to your life, waking up to the truth of the life you have right in front of you. And how can you connect better to it and deeper to it? And in a way that is nourishing mm -hmm. and isn't waiting until the new job, the guy, the kids, because you're going to get those things and still feel right. the same ache. Yeah. I mean, you're talking, I mean, not to be like cliche here, but you're talking about the matrix. You know what I mean? It's like when people are like, they're stuck in this way of right. being, that they need something to, to feel a certain way. And what do you think is the biggest challenge today for people staying stuck in this energy? Is it the media? Is it smartphones today? Because we didn't have that back yeah. in, you know, 1999, I got my first cell phone. Actually, that's when the matrix came out, but mm -hmm. it wasn't really a thing then. But now people are connected to it nonstop. Um, what is, you know... What's holding us back the most? How can we break free of these things? It's very tricky. I think technology, I have a love-hate relationship with technology. Right? I do. I it helps you get your message out there. Love it. helps it. you connect There's with so much women, good, you know, women. So much goodness in it, and yet it's so addictive. So addictive. It's so addictive. I am Are so... Are you on Snapchat? No. Okay, don't get on it. No, <laughs> so, I wouldn't even know. I probably need to know it, though, because yeah, my yeah. children are growing up in this. Sure, they're probably on it. Uh, let's not go there. It's another, I'm, I think technology is tricky mm -hmm. and I think we, we have this ability to have to, there's so many great things about it, but, yeah. but really having parameters, I think, I think it's massive addiction that we're dealing with. We're an addicted society to so many different things. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that what we're looking for, what are we looking for on our phones when we're going through Instagram, checking out this person's thing, and then going down the rabbit hole to there, to there, to there. We're looking for connection. We're looking for inspiration. We're looking for, I think, connection. And so again, if we can be connected to ourselves in a, in a way that's deeply meaningful to us, that's personal, then we might notice when we're doing that and say, oh, wow, I must, you know, oh gosh, I'm really feeling like I could spend hours doing this. What am I not taking care of right now? Mm. What do I need? What's that telling me? Because it's a cycle of, it, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. And you think the best way to figure out what we need is to, to meditate and to... To connect to ourselves. To connect to ourselves. And you think meditation is a good channel for that? I, I do. Yes. I do. I think yeah. that when we can spend time connecting to ourselves away from the ego because the ego is important, right? The ego, there's, there's, there's lots of good things, right? but when we yeah. are, when we think that the ego is who we are and we start making our decisions based on our ego, then we're, we're in pain. We're screwed. We're in pain. So Defensive, you have, we're angry. We're resentful. Yeah, that's right. So we have not enough. Right? We have to have a glimpse of the truth of our soul that that place, we have to have a glimpse of it. If we don't have a glimpse of it, we don't know. And so, and the more that I meditate, the more I, the easier it is for me to get into that energetic space. And then I, I just think that life flows in a, in a way that I'm enjoying so much more. I know the difference when I don't meditate versus when I do. Yeah, me too. I, I use Headspace right now. I've done different types of meditation, but I don't know if you've heard of Headspace. It's an app on your phone. It's the unfortunate yeah. thing is you have to have it next to your bed when you're 
or wherever you're at meditating, but it's just 10 minute meditation. Yeah. Somebody leads it through, lead you through it. Guided meditations. I like that. Yeah. Keeps it, keeps me on track, you know, don't have to like do it myself and just kind of relax and just go into it. Um, but that's cool. Um, I feel like I could talk to you for another couple hours, but I want to, I want (laughs) to be uh, conscious of our time and I want to ask a few more questions. Okay. That's okay with you. Um, what's something you've done maybe that a lot of people don't know about that you're really proud of? Hmm. Maybe something smaller or something that you haven't really announced to the world or not a big movie or something that you've just done. Maybe it's a role. Maybe it's a way you've given back hmm. the work you're in. But well, I'm pretty know. passionate about midwif- midwifery and midwives because I had hmm. all my babies with midwives. And uh-huh. so I'm a pretty passionate birth advocate. And at the same time, I'm passionate about women not feeling like See, see, this is interesting because there's this whole natural birth movement happening, or there has been for quite a few years with Ricky Lake. She made that great documentary. But what happens is that women start to beat themselves up if they don't have the perfect birth, or they don't have the perfect natural birth, they or, they, the drugs, or they, or they, they... To, yeah. There's it. So we continually perpetuate <laughs> the reason why we wanted to do it, or why we feel this inclination. It continues to be sabotaged by the same thinking that took us away from it, mm-hmm. and so. I'm very passionate about families and mothering and advocating for women to know what they want and to understand their journey into becoming a mother is uniquely theirs and is something that they can't control. One of the things I talk a lot about with my friends who are having babies and, you know, I'm out of that now because most of my friends, we've all had our kids, but Mm -hmm. is that it's actually your baby's birth. It's not your birth. It's actually your baby's <laughs> birth. And even though you're, I mean, I, I gave birth three Facilitating times. Facilitating it, right? I gave birth three times. I, uh, I could do it 10 million more times. Wow. I never felt more, more empowered, more in tune with my soul, with myself. I had two of my babies at home. Wow. I, I believe in the power of birth. I believe in a woman's body to give birth. I believe in all of that. And sometimes it doesn't go well and sometimes things happen. And so I wish that there was more of a space of that kind of healing for women that, that are disappointed with their births, uh, Mm -hmm. because it's your entry into being a mama. And, and so I'm pretty passionate about that conversation. Uh, what else? Yeah. So that's something that maybe people don't know about me or, and you write about this on, uh, how do I say it? Anna, Annapurna? Annapurna. 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 Yeah. Dot com. I, I, we'll have it all linked up, all yeah. the stuff we've talked about linked up. Yeah, I don't up know here. if I even, I don't even know if I've talked that much about that on, mm. on there. Where I talk about it is actually in the world. Yeah. Meeting somebody I don't even know who within 10 minutes is crying over a C-section that they feel guilty about mm. or feel like they failed or something and, right. or someone who lost a baby. And I... I'm, it's really not something that I actually, that Annapurna is all that much about, but I move through my life in a way that I'm open to having that conversation with, with women. And sometimes it's a conversation that women have never had or about miscarriages and, and the sadness that a lot of women have around their birth experiences. Sure. If this was a, a vision board right here. And you got to put a few things on it right now for what you see for the rest of your life. You already had an incredible career. <laughs> You've got, you know, great kids, marriage. You've done so many good things in the world so far. Um, but again, if this was your board and you were creating it right now, what would be just a few things that you'd want to put on there? 
Mm. Oh, something I saw on Instagram yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) I was showing my daughter yesterday. My daughter's very crafty. She's very creative. She is so divinely creative. It just blows my mind. Mm. And she was making this thing and it just was gorgeous. Uh, Okay. What would it be? Your, um, your vision right now. My for the rest vision of your life. for the rest of my life. Oh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, okay, for the next five years. No, nah, I wouldn't do that either. No, no, I do it for right now. Okay, what's your? Because I, be- I want to be so out of my mind, out of the mind, the construct of my mind to mm. create my vision, and that for me is about staying current to who I am, which mm. changes all the time. That's true. So literally, that's true. I could be a different person in six well, months. Well, one of the things that I do a lot on Annapurna Living, and one of the things people might not know about me too, is that I. I share a lot about the moon and the cycles of the moon and, and like understanding mm. that there's a cycle to things that, wow that there's a cycle to life. And so one of the things that I've been doing this year that I love is I have like a simple altars. I have them all over my house. Super simple, nothing fancy, no gold Buddhas or anything like that. Sometimes they're a flower and a plant or a picture that one of my children did, uh, drew for me or a picture of myself at a certain time in my life or an award that I've won or whatever. Uh-huh. And I, on the new moon, I change them because, and I change my wishes because if I'm really current with my soul, then the dream, the the wish and the dream I had a month ago might not be the same. Could it still be the same? It could be, but I, I find that the more in tune that I am with that, that it's, it's a kind of a mental construct Mm. and, and probably more a male way of thinking actually, you know, having a very kind of Mm. compartmentalized sort of. Sure. You know, for women, we're very creative. We we have the potential to have fifteen children, and most of us most of us never do. But right. we have that potential. potential. So whether it's or not a, whether or not a woman has had a baby or not, she's infinitely creative. Wow. You know, we can have a baby on our hip and be making a meal and on the phone and, and or yeah. on the phone organizing this over here, tending to somebody's sore knee. You know, answering a business call. I mean, we can do that. Wow. We have that infinite creativity. So my board today would have wood, it would have a sheepskin on it, it would have white curtains, and this is what I'm living right now. I put my grandmother's curtains in my window, her lace curtains in all my windows just the other day, and it makes me so incredibly happy to see them. And they've been sitting in my closet that I got handed down from my great grandmother, my grandmother, but literally that's what my dream board would be. It would be about this, this feeling of, it's not a car that I want. I don't, there's no car that I want. Um, it's about a sense of feeling in the world that, that feels rustic and authentic and natural Mm. and happens to have green and happens to have this energy around but there's nothing that I, I don't want a pair of shoes. I don't yeah. want a new dress. I really don't. And that's not to say that I might not see something go, oh, wow, I really want that. Right, I'm right. not a purist in any way. <laughs> but my dreams aren't about that. My dreams are about feeling connected to my children, truly connected to them. And I'm not always at all. I And I know when I'm not, when I'm in my mind of how it should be and how they should be, I want to I want to live a life that feels like it's living and breathing and changing. Mm. And so that when my children are changing, I notice mm. and that I'm showing up in a way that I love and not a nag and not trying to control and right. judge. I, I, I can be controlling, judgmental sure. in my mind. That's reality for me. And yeah. I go in and out it. 
in and out of it all day. And so really my dream board would be that I, I would love it. I could see telling a story. I have a story that I want to tell and I see it in a, in, in, in some kind of, you know, film medium. And I can see the actors that I'd want in it to mm. be part of that. So that's ruminating. And then I have to actually put the legwork into making that happen. Yeah. And I trust that I will. And it's not a grind and I'm not putting that on myself, but I want to move gracefully through my life and enjoy it and enjoy it all and be present to it. And when I'm not to remind, to to have people around me to remind me or to check in with myself and remind myself. That's cool. I like it. I like that vision. That's great. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Um, Since you don't go to the mirror that much, but when you are there, if you had to, do you have any tattoos in your body? I do. You do? Yeah. If you had to put one on your forehead, that was a word or a saying that was in reverse, that when you looked in the mirror, you only you could read it. You could see it then. What would the word or saying be? Well, I, I re- I'm remembering when I was younger, I had next to my mirror, I am perfect with my imperfections. Mm. That was something that as an actress coming into my career, that that was my mantra in the mirror. So I did have a saying next to my it. mirror. Um, what would it be on my forehead? Keep on keeping up. There's all these sayings in Kundalini Yoga. One of them is keep on keeping up. Another one is when the pressure's on, start and the pressure will be off. You know, vibrate the cosmos and the cosmos shall clear the way. Like create that vibration in your life and your life will just unfold in that way. Um, um, Recognize the other person is you. These are all Kundalini Yoga sutras for this age that we're living in. These are these little tools, these little ideas and, you know, recognize the other person is you, like that person you want to judge. Mm-hmm. Where am I like that? Mm-hmm. Where am I like that? How does that show up in my life? Yeah. How does that show up in my life? So I definitely have a lot of tools that I have in my tool belt that I'm constantly leaning on. Mm, that's cool. And um, so probably it would be keep on keeping up because sometimes I feel weary, like tired and like overwhelmed. And... Well, yeah, I don't like the word overwhelmed. I don't use it. Okay. I choose not to use that word. We'll edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. no it's okay. <laughs> but I really, it's like a word that when I start to want to say it, mm. not a big fan of that word. Uh, I, I have a kind well, of, not a, a good feeling. I have a fierceness around feeling victim, being a victim. Mm, that's good. And so I don't like, as soon as I, it's not that I deny that I'll feel, have a moment of feeling like, Oh, I can't believe they did that to me, but nobody can make me feel anyway. Yeah. So I turn that around. I, I turn things it's around. Choice, yeah. yeah. So I, uh, yeah, keep on keeping up. Yeah. Sometimes I just feel like, oh, so what do I do? I run the bath. Mm. I throw in three scoops of Epsom salts. Now I throw in a cup of coconut oil Ooh. and I get in the bath and even if it's for 10 minutes and I look at a magazine that I may have gotten or a book or just something inspiring that I have and I just, that 10 minutes and I... I give that to myself yeah, a lot. Good. I give that to myself a lot. Sometimes twice a day if I have to, you really? know? Yeah, wow. I do. That's cool. <laughs> I do. It's my like, it's my getaway. Sure. What are you most grateful for in your life recently? Oh my gosh. My marriage, my partnership, my family. My husband and I have been married for almost 18 years. And I feel like I feel like we're still growing in this way that is so exciting and turns me on and like makes me so excited to be with him and be his partner. And, and it's imperfect. And I'm so grateful that we've gone through that, all of that to, 
be here and to continually grow and change and and see in the entertainment world. Yeah, he's a writer and an actor and an amazing guy and an amazing dad and and we disagree on tons of stuff and <laughs> you know, it's like I always thought like these people had these marriages that were like super perfect or that I saw and I, I remember thinking, Oh wow, I really love what that person has when I was younger. And then you'd find out that there were all these things that were happening that they weren't showing or showing telling. Or telling. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm I love having like you know, my husband is amazing and he's so straight and like straight up with the with the information with me. He'll just look at me and go, You're spinning. You need to stop. That's and 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 be I, I and I hear him. Mm-hmm. I'm open to hearing him, and that's extraordinary to have someone on your team that can really see who you are, and that when you are struggling, for me, that I can. Sometimes I'm not open at all. I'm just like, oh my god, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> you know, I'm not listening to that. <laughs> But I come, but I, then it's like, there's a certain way he communicates with me that I, I can see that and it, Mm -hmm. and I do the same for him. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm pretty grateful about that right now. And, and definitely grateful for my career too, right now, having this resurgence right now of working a lot because I took a lot of time to raise my children. So it's Mm -hmm. exciting to feel creative and that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. A couple of final questions and before I asked the last couple of questions. Where do you like to connect most online? Twitter, Instagram, where do you, where can people connect and reach out with you or find yeah, you? I don't, I, I mean, I, I have some different things that for Annapurna living that we have Twitter and we have Facebook, but I actually don't really interact with that all mm-hmm. that much. Uh, Instagram. I do personally. You do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't often comment and get into all that just sure. because it's, it's sort of a, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, leak my energy either there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, but I definitely see things and, and part of that, sure, you know, sure. we hashtag within my group of things. I'm, I'm checking out people's altars that they've made or sure, their sure. children meditating or cool. their special space that they bring yeah. whatever to. But, uh, yeah. And then I have, you know, I have this fierce grace collective that is this group that I I'm putting a lot of energy into and, and share. And I'm part of that. Mm-hmm. I do live calls with them yep. once a month. And that's for, that's for mothers mostly. The mo- no, the mother one is called mother, mother. and it's, okay. yeah, it's different. Uh, but both of those I'm, I'm interacting in there. I have to be mindful of my energy as mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. cause we can just give, I could be up all night, every night writing content and <laughs> I, and sometimes I do. There's certain times when I feel really creative like mm-hmm. that and I honor that and I get up and I do it. But in general, I'm I'm finding the balance and finding this is all new to me. I created okay. this a couple of years ago and it's been incredibly exciting for me to find this, uh, you know, that I can creating all the content that I'm creating, but also just not burning myself out so that I don't want to do it anymore. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, we'll have it all linked up, everything we talked about on the, uh, the show notes. Um Okay. This is a question I ask at the end for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's called the three truths. Okay. So it's many years from now for you and uh, it's going to be your last day. And you know it's your last day. Everyone's there. You've had everything you wanted to achieve has happened. Everything you wanted to create, you've created. But for some reason, all the movies you've done, all the articles you've written have been erased. And so there's nothing to remember you by physically that people can watch or read. And... um 
someone in your family says, can you write down, here's a piece of paper and a pen, can you write down your three truths, three things you know to be true from everything you've experienced and learned in the world, from acting, motherhood, marriage, whatever it may be, um, that you think would be the three things, if you were to pass three things on for us as lessons, what would those things be? Mm. Love is everything. Mm -hmm. Be in your life. Don't look outside of yourself for validation and love. And I have to say, when I when my kids were little and I was at the height of my career and I would get offered something, I would look at my kids and I'd think, at the end of my life, will I care that I have another movie on my resume or will I care that I help my babies? And I always chose holding my babies. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's cool. Hmm. Well, before I ask the final yes, question. Yes, yes, yes. Got me teary there. <laughs> just seems like yesterday, you know. Wow. You have them so little and now they're so big. So it just goes by so quick. I can imagine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, my mom had four of us. Wow. And she still calls me her baby. You know, I'm 33 and I'm like, mom. Totally. You know, like, well, I want to tell her, like, mom, come on. You know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, it probably went by so fast for her. It does. You know? And, and I just you know, remember being in yeah. high school and I'm like, how did the last... 15 years go by. I know. Like, and when you're really little, it goes by so slow. So slow. And, and then all of a sudden it just goes by so quickly. And you think, I, I remember people would always say, you better appreciate, you know, your kids are going to grow up. People tell you that it used to drive me crazy because I was, true. well, I was so present and I, I was there. I don't mm -hmm. have regret in there, right. but it has gone by real quick. And I don't think anyone could prepare you. I don't know if you'd do it if you knew that. If you really had <laughs> that your tiny little baby could be. And it's so great that they're getting bigger and changes. You go, you know, now we're going to yeah. movies and doing right, all that right, stuff. Right. That Different dynamic. Yeah, it's now, right? great. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. That's but, cool. But those, those beginning, those, those, yeah, mm. Mm, goes sure. by quick. Well, before I ask the final question, yeah. Carrie, and I want to acknowledge you. <laughs> uh, I want to acknowledge you for a lot of things, but I'm going to keep it short. I want to acknowledge you for your fierceness in going after your dreams because I'm a big believer that our dreams are what matters the most. And I think it's so inspiring to know that you went for it. And not only did you go for it, but you have created such incredible work in your creativity to inspire so many people. I mean, you are literally a catalyst for so many people, especially just with the matrix alone, you know, what it did for people. And I don't think anyone else could have done what you did. So your courage to step up to the challenge, you know, in that situation, which was probably foreign to you and really lay your heart on the table that entire time is like such a gift to the world and uh, such a catalyst for so many people. So I want to acknowledge you Thank for you. really your, your courage, your fierceness, your feminine grace as well to be able to stand in the messiness and continue doing it all with the kids, with the marriage, with the career, and just be an example, a symbol for what's possible for so many women. So thank you. I acknowledge Appreciate you for that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, the final question is what's your definition of greatness? It is my definition of greatness. Hmm. It's hard. I don't really have a, I know that it's a big word for you, mm. right? And it's not a word that I think about greatness or that I'm really, I can't even really feel it. Mm. The word. The reason I ask yeah. it, I ask it for everyone because yeah. there's a different definition for everyone yeah, that so I find. I'm trying to find my way into it. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, I, it's different than success for me. You know, success is... A lot of people think about it as like money and achieving things. So what's your definition of greatness? Yeah, you know, right now my yeah. definition is discovering and cultivating the unique talents and gifts within us to pursue our dreams. And in that pursuit, 
make the biggest impact on the people around us as possible. Mm, that's awesome. So there's, it's not about making money. No. Although you can make money in that process. It's right. not about achieving things, but I think it's about using what we're born with to cultivate our talents and gifts and then figure out our dream like you did and, and go after that. Cause that could, that dream is going to create a ripple effect on people yeah. when we're in that pursuit. Yeah. Even if we never achieve the dream in the pursuit of it inspires other people around us. Absolutely. And I think our world is, our life is about service. You know, we're the most fulfilled when we're in service and we were given so much. This world was given to us. You know, when we were born and it's like we were, we have this playground to live and breathe in. So I feel like it's our duty to give back to the world and to everyone else in the world who's supported us, whether they know it or not. Yeah. So that's my mission. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You're doing it. Thank you're you. doing it and you're creating it and yeah. it's inspiring and helping and healing people and, it's amazing I appreciate to hear it. your story and I was yeah. telling you earlier, listening yeah. to your story and listening to your podcast. It's so great because too, it's, it takes women and men to both to, to step up into this space of this sharing from this mm -hmm. space of heart yes. awareness and consciousness and creativity and to break that old way of thinking that has dominated so many of the things that we've done in our world. Right. So it's exciting. It's yeah. an exciting time to be alive. I think greatness for me, there we go. <laughs> I'm so good at that. No, <laughs> kidding. Greatness for me is the exploration of creating a life from within, inside out, however that might look for someone. And if that means doing something huge and solving something amazing and finding a cure for whatever, that's greatness. If it means tending to a garden and feeding your family, or if it means being a teacher or whatever it is, understanding that each of us has an impact on everything that we do and everyone that we come into contact. And true greatness is when you understand that and are in flow with that. And it's an, aligned with the values of who you are as a person mm. and your life all flows in that way. Whether or not you have a job that you love or not, but are you, can you be the person that shows up at that job and emanates who you, who you are and isn't waiting for something else? I think that's greatness to live your life that way in alignment with your own values and your own soul and your truth of your, of yourself. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I enjoyed being in it. And I hope you learned some valuable lessons. If you did, make sure to check out the full show notes at lewishouse.com slash 329 to see all the links that we talked about, where you can connect with Carrie Ann, how to find her on social media, and check out her websites and programs as well. Today's episode was brought to you by Lisa Mattresses. Again, I've been trying this new mattress, guys, for a few weeks now, and I'm getting great sleep, and I love the quality of it. I love to optimize my performance in all areas of my life. And the cool thing about it is this mattress isn't that expensive. They start at 525 bucks, And again, they're 100% American made. I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to go to a store to go pick it out. They shipped it to me. I just took it out of the box, put it on my box springs, and there I had a brand new bed. Now, the Wall Street Journal, again, is calling Lisa the Uber of mattresses. And on top of that, the Lisa donates one mattress for every 10 they sell to a shelter. So think of them like Tom's and Warby Parker, but for mattresses. Again, 
You can try the mattress today, risk-free, plus get $75 off your purchase by going to lisa.com slash greatness. Again, that's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash greatness. Go ahead and check it out. Check out the site. See all the great reviews and let me know what you think. Again, lisa.com slash greatness today. Again, this episode was brought to you by Design Crowd. For those looking to build a website, create a logo, do a book cover, create a t-shirt design, and design anything you want online, Design Crowd is the place to go. If you don't want to hire a premium high-end designer that's going to cost you five to $10,000 for a specific logo design or maybe $20,000 for a website design, then go to designcrowd.com slash greatness. Again, you're going to post a brief description of the design you want, and then Design Crowd will help you with their half a million designers to respond. And within hours, you'll start getting a few designs back, and you can leave comments, get feedback, and tell people what you're really looking for to get the best design that works for you. And a typical project, again, receives about 50 to 100 different designs from all over the world. You can start a project on Design Crowd for just 99 bucks. And again, for those listening, this is your first time on Design Crowd. You get $100 off for being a VIP listener. Just use the coupon code GREATNESS when you're posting a project on Design Crowd. And again, go to designcrowd.com slash greatness. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Leave a comment in the blog and let me know the biggest thing you took away from this, the biggest lesson you learned or what you loved about it the most. And again, I would love it if you share this out with your friends. So please post it on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, anywhere you want to share it with your friends and who you think would find this fascinating and interesting. We post episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're over 1.3 million downloads a month, and it's all because of you. You continue to spread the message, to share the word, to get the message of greatness out there, and it allows me to bring on great guests like Carrie Ann and share her message. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for constantly listening to this podcast. When there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there, you continue to come back to this one. It's my job. It's my responsibility to curate some of the most fascinating people in the world and bring you their greatest gifts, their greatest wisdom. And that's my duty and responsibility every single week. I'm going to continue to do my duty. My request from you is to continue to share this out with the world. I can't do this alone. I need all of you to get this message out there. And together, we can make such a huge impact on the world. I love you guys. Make sure to let Carrie Ann know what you thought over on her social media. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. 